The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello there and welcome to episode 275. I hope that you guys are doing very well today. However, if you are struggling with OCD or anxiety, then you can get a free session with me to get that. All you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. There you can send me a message um, and let me know about what you're struggling with. Or if you prefer, you can actually just book that free session uh, directly uh, on the website. Now, in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about... um, how to to be able to to recognize the the inner critic uh, a little bit better because the inner critic is really the part of you that is running the show often when when we do get stuck in an OCD mindset it's this this little negative part of us that seeks perfection um you know that that really does not like uncertainty that kind of takes over and gets us really, really stuck. And being able to shine a light on that and recognize that that is just one part of you, that it's not actually uh, you, it's not the full uh, person that you are, that can really help you then to to begin to let go of some of those unhelpful habits. Um, Now, if you find the podcast helpful, it would be amazing if you could consider uh, signing up to, to the Patreon for the podcast. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Um, if you are able to do that, then you'll get some extra content, an extra podcast. Uh, um, there's other things like meditations as well, depending on which tier that you have. So if you would like to support the podcast in some way, uh, you can do that. Also, please, if you can uh, subscribe, that really does help as well. And um, if you would like to follow on Instagram, you can always uh, always do that. My Instagram handle is at Robert James Coaching UK. So off we go. No further, no further messing around. Uh, talking about all of this endless social media stuff. Um, we're just going to get straight into it. So I really hope that you enjoy. If you have any questions, uh, do please let me know. Many thanks. <music> A big problem uh, in OCD is something called thought action fusion, um, and this is when uh, this is when you you have a thought that you really didn't want, an intrusive thought, uh, something that makes you very uncomfortable that you then believe because you 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 had it um, that you know that it must mean something that actually it you know it's terrible that you had that thought and that you know perhaps that that means something awful about you or that you're going to do something or that it's more likely that something could happen um you know and this often is at the center of what is known as pure o ocd although as we've talked about before you know you never purely you never have purely obsessional ocd it's impossible you need to have the compulsion there as well 
Um, so there is a, a compulsive element to it. But when we think of uh, mental OCD and the process of, you know, a disturbing thought or image or something coming up and making us feel very bad, generally what happens is um, we tend to fuse with that thought. And, you know, we start to believe and tell ourselves a story about it as if uh, as if it could somehow be real. Um, very well mind actually uh, have an article about this called uh, Thought, Action, Fusion and OCD. Equating thoughts with actions may cause OCD symptoms. Um, so they go on to say that thought, action, fusion is when you believe that simply thinking about an action is, equ- is equivalent to actually carrying out that action. For example, if a thought randomly pops into your mind about something unacceptable, such as murdering your partner, you would believe this is just as bad as actually harming them. Um, thought action fusion can also lead people to believe that thinking about an unwanted event makes it more likely that that event will actually happen. Um, For instance, you might think that by imagining a loved one dying in a car crash, it somehow increases the chances that this will actually happen. Um, And if you struggle with OCD, then I'm sure, um, you know, this actually sounds, you know, fairly familiar to you that Uh, you know, a thought just suddenly pops up from nowhere. And perhaps it's something that you've obsessed about for a long time. Or perhaps, you know, you've been feeling a bit better with the OCD. It's not been bothering you as much. And suddenly from nowhere, you know, a random thought pops up. And straight away, there's this feeling of, oh, no, what if that could be true? Um, You know, and we we often start to tell ourselves this this story about things. And we, we really fuse uh, with, with the idea and, and concern ourselves and obsess uh, to the point where, you know, we, we begin to, to lose touch in a way with our true understanding of who we are. It, it becomes so difficult um, where you begin to question yourself. And it's a really horrible, you know, sickly, disgusting feeling uh, that, that comes up. This things horrible, intense anxiety. Um, you know, where you believe that something terrible could be true about yourself that is completely against the person that you are and the morals that you have. Now, there's a few reasons, I think, for, for why, you know, this, this happens. Number one, obviously, people with OCD tend to have a lot of anxiety. So when a thought pops up that they really don't like and that creates a bit of uncertainty, um, you know, they tend to focus on the most negative explanation for that story. Um, you know, and, and the fear process starts up and we start getting lost in that that kind of cycle of rumination. What if that could be true? Uh, and then off off you go. And, you know, as, as I'm sure you're aware, there's almost no limits to, to the amount of time that you can spend ruminating or worrying on a particular thought that, you know, that's become an obsession. Now, one particular important element of this um, is something that I want to, to point out today, and that's the role of the, the inner critic in, in this process. And I think this is a really important thing to, to point out, um, because what we generally tend to believe um, is that when we're beginning to, to doubt ourselves and, and doubt, you know, um, whether we are you know, losing it or whether we're really struggling or whether, you know, whether we're going to ever feel normal again. 
Um, what's really going on is that we've kind of we're we're catastrophizing, and we're in we're in role as this this inner critic, this part of us um, that notices everything that could go wrong, potentially has gone wrong in the past, or potentially could go wrong in the future. And it's constantly demanding perfection from you, the inner critic. It does not want you ever to make any mistakes. It really dislikes uncertainty of any kind. And therefore, it's constantly on the lookout and it's trying to make sure that you're not going to ever do anything wrong. Now, as bizarre as it may sound, the inner critic isn't actually against you. It's not trying to make you miserable. It's not trying to... uh, you know, stop you from from being happy and to live a positive life. What the inner critic is generally doing is, um, you know, it's very concerned about self esteem and uh, your your kind of position in in the social hierarchy. Um, it's very much related to self compassion or or a lack thereof. You know, when we're overly focused on on self esteem and you know wanting to to look good. Uh, in front of other people all the time and and not to let people down Um, then unfortunately what happens is um, you know we this this inner critic tends to to take over and it's very much related to perfectionism we feel like um, you know we we have to do things right all the time and if we don't then we're going to get judged negatively by by other people Um, you know and the, one of the one of the problems is with self-esteem is you know obviously it's okay to have self-esteem I'm not saying self-esteem is bad but if we're too focused on self-esteem and not focused enough on, on self-compassion uh, what we tend to do is to you know to, to to kind of get really fixated on this inner critic um, what you want to be able to do really is to acknowledge that um, you know, self-esteem is an important part of you, but it's not everything. And, you know, you're not, if you if you do make some mistakes, you know, that's not going to mean that you're going to the bottom of some kind of social, uh, social hierarchy or structure. Uh, people aren't going to disown you or, you know, disrespect you or or think that you're you're not worth it anymore just because you make some um, some mistakes here and there. And this is something that I think a lot of people with OCD struggle with. We tend to really beat ourselves up and demand this perfection from ourselves and not allow uh, any any mistakes to be made in in certain areas of life or just about every area of life. And so if this is something that relates to you, um, you know, and it may be obvious to you or it may not be that obvious, it may be you know, that you're like this in just some of your, some areas of life. But if it rings true, uh, and it certainly does for me, then it's definitely something to reflect on. How is this inner critic running the show? Remember, you're not just an inner critic. You're actually a full, complete person with lots of different parts of you. You have an inner child, uh, an inner parent, a self-compassionate side. But what we tend to do when we're obsessing about things is we tend to forget about uh, all of that. And we just focus on this, this inner critic and what it's telling us. And we tend to take, um, you know, the, the critic's nonsense at face value and believe that it must be true, that it must mean something about us. Um, 
And this is so, so important when it comes to OCD because we have to start recognizing when we're in role uh, as the inner critic and, you know, when we're taking things at face value, when we're actually fusing um, with, with thoughts in this way. Um, because if we're not able to do that, then we're going to keep believing the, the negativity coming from, from the inner critic or coming from the OCD. Um, when we start getting better at spotting that inner critical voice, um, you know, and separating ourselves from it, not just fusing with it straight away, actually, you know, taking the time to spot it, uh, being able to spot the the habits and patterns that surround the inner critic, the more that we're able to do that, um, the more distance we can create be- between ourselves and it. And, you know, therefore, the, the easier it, it might become to start managing some of these, you know, really difficult thoughts that pop up um, surrounding your, your OCD. So one of the ways in which I do this myself is, um, you know, is actually... Uh, journaling um, the thoughts, the repetitive thoughts that keep coming up each day, um, using the following strategy, where I simply just uh, write down whatever it was that I was obsessing about, but using the following template. And, and that is simply to say, today, the inner critic was telling me that, and then just say or write down whatever it was that the inner critic, whatever nonsense the inner critic was telling you. Now, it might be quite difficult to do that because it might be, in a way, an exposure in itself. Just writing that down might it might make you feel uncomfortable, um, you know, almost like it's making it even more real. Uh, however, in a way, that's a good thing because it's a, a bit of an exposure then, you know, to not avoid that thing and to actually just write it down. Um, so if that does happen, try to view it like that from, from you know, the standpoint of I'm not going to avoid this. I'm going to just write it down. But what you do um, is if you can do that each day where you write down the main things that have been concerning you and you put, that, you put it in that structure that I just mentioned. The inner critic uh, was telling me that um, whatever it is the inner critic was telling you. Uh, don't overcomplicate it. Try to simplify that and make it a short sentence where you just put down whatever it was that the inner critic was telling you. Um, and by doing that each day, it starts becoming more and more obvious, you know, that this is not actually, you know, you. This is one little part of you, a very fearful and anxious part of you that demands perfection, that tells you this stuff. And then unfortunately, you know, you listen to it and start to fuse with it. Um, The more that you're aware of the typical kind of thoughts that the inner critic throws up, the easier it is for you to spot them and the easier it is for you to not fuse with them and start to almost kind of believe that they they could be true on some level. And so it's very important that you're able to to start being able to, to do this. Another similar approach actually is to give the inner critic a name. Uh, sometimes I might call mine uh, Dave. Um, so you could repeat the same the same process, you know, with like, oh, today Dave was uh, was telling me this, like, come on, David, enough of this, enough of your nonsense. No need for you to uh, keep telling me these uh, ridiculous and unhelpful lies. No, we don't want to get into to doing that. What I was just doing there with the example of David was actually 
beginning to argue with the thoughts. And that's something actually that you do not want to do at all. So if you are doing this, um, we're not reasoning out um, our thoughts on paper. Um, you know, that can be a different strategy that some people apply, but I don't often think that's very helpful because what you're doing is you're just actually kind of compulsing uh, and putting the rumination uh, process down onto paper. Um, you can argue about whether that might or might not be helpful, but generally speaking, uh, and specifically in this activity, that's not what we're doing at all. We're just very matter-of-factly writing down the the stuff that keeps coming up into our into our consciousness. So, you know, if you are going to use the example of Dave or whatever name that you come up with for your personal inner critic, um, you know, all you do is you just you just say very matter of factly. Today, Dave was telling me that my hands uh, are un- were unclean after touching this. Today, Dave was also telling me blah blah blah, and. Yeah, you just want to do it like that. So you're not trying to disprove the OCD. You're not arguing with it. You're not actually allowing any compulsion to get attached to it at all. You're just very matter-of-factly writing down whatever it was that you were ruminating about. Um, You know, this is a really important topic. Um, You know, the more that you can bring awareness to, to this part of you that you know, that isn't against you, like I was talking about earlier, it does not actually want you to be struggling and suffering. And that's really important to understand as well. Because obviously, if you do feel like there's a part of your brain against you, that's a really horrible feeling. So I just want to really reiterate that the inner critic is trying to help you, but it's like a misguided friend, somebody who keeps coming to your side and, you know, annoying you in a way and saying, can I help you? What can I do? Can I help? Can I help? And you're like, just leave me alone, mate. Sorry, but like back off. I need a bit of space. Um, the inner critic is a little bit like that sometimes. It's just it really wants to help, but actually we need to, you know, we need to start recognizing um, that it's not helping, and you know, and and to stop listening to it. And this activity today can really help with just uh, breaking down the inner critic, what it's up to. And then hopefully to begin to to let it go. So there we go, guys. Really hope that you found that helpful. As always, if you have any questions at all about anything that I've spoken about today, do please let me know. And I will see you next time. Just a quick reminder that if you want to get a free session, all you need to do to get that is to head over to my website www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the uh, free session. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group or anywhere else online or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist, or any other medical or mental health professional.